Hello and welcome to Redirected, a podcast where we sit down with celebrities, entrepreneurs, and elite level athletes to hear the story of how they arrived where they are today. The common link between them? They each have been redirected from what they thought their life or career would look like into something much different, something they were truly passionate about. I am your host, Andrew East, engineer turned professional athlete turned entrepreneur. And I can't wait to share these stories with you to help inspire you to redirect your own life. Today we sit down with Olympic gymnast Jake Dalton and discuss what it's like transitioning from the peak of one career into an entirely different field. If you want to find Jake on social media, you can find him on Instagram at Jake underscore Dalton. He also has a great YouTube channel you should check out. Just type in Jake Dalton and you'll find him. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm super excited to bring you all Jake Dalton. Jake, I appreciate you being here with us today. It's good to see you. Yeah, you too, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We are happy to have you on. Uh, Jake and I go, I guess we've known each other for two years now, at least, almost three, ever yeah. since the tour, Ellie. right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, I, I get to see you at least once a year, and I hope that trend continues, but we owe you a trip out to, to Tahoe, that's for sure. Yeah, dude, we're waiting on it. I'm actually... Uh, probably going to go camping over around there pretty soon. So you guys got to come on out. Golly. Has, has the move been treating you well ever since you left uh, Oklahoma? Yeah, man, it's been great. You know, my family's around here. So spending a lot of time with them and uh, there's just a lot of outdoor activities, especially training so much when I was younger, we didn't get to do that. So it's nice to go out, you know, like I said, go camping, go hiking and riding some trails and stuff like that. So it's yeah. awesome. So I forgot this is this is the area that you grew up in, huh? Yep, yep. Grew up in Reno, Reno, Nevada. So it's it's good to be back here, kind of working with some some local people around here and stuff as well in terms of you know the fitness and just the city and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to hear a little bit about your family and just your support group because I I know that they've been uh, really really supportive of you. So talk to me about your parents. Like, what do they do? And then siblings. Yep, man. It's been yeah, it's been huge. I got an older sister. And, uh, you know, my parents actually took over the gymnastics club when I was like 11 years old. Uh, basically, my sister and I were on team competitively and the owner was looking to sell it. So, you know, they kind of just dove in full force. And that's actually still what they do today. And that's actually why I'm back. I'm back here trying to help manage the gyms with them and uh, wow. kind of basically let them slowly retire, you know, over time. So, but yeah, yeah. big, big support group here. My si my sister actually moved back here a year and a half ago as well. So we've got the whole family back in action, man. It's cool. Wow. You said gyms, plural. How many are there? Uh, we got two locations. We got one in Sparks and one in Reno. So, uh, but it's, uh, it's been going, been going good. I'm trying to get them to add some ninja stuff after Ninja Warriors. So yeah. trying to add on a little bit. So <laughs> That's great, man. That that thing, Ninja Warrior has blown up. Yeah, it's pretty wild, man. Like almost more people ask about that than gymnastics nowadays. <laughs> Was that a blast to do? It is. It's like a, it's just an eye-opening experience. And everybody on the show is like so cool because when you try out, there's like a hundred other people there trying out. And uh, whether it's like their fifth time or their first time, everybody was super cool trying to figure out like, how are we going to do this? What are we going to do here? And and uh, so it was a it was a pretty wild experience. Of course, is a lot bigger in person than you'd imagine. <laughs> Gosh, I tried to run up that wall at, that they always have people do at the end. And I, on TV, it, it looks like reasonable. And you know, as as an athlete myself, I'm I'm pretty overconfident in thinking, oh yeah, I could absolutely do that. But it is no, you have to go full speed, and there's definitely technique involved. 
Yeah, it is. It's like, you know, it's like everybody wants to run and kind of follow it up. Well, when you do that, it almost throws you back. So you kind of got to like stay into it and just keep running. But, uh, and they actually had the, the two war balls. So they had the normal one and then they had the, it's like 14, 14 and a half feet or whatever. And then they have 18 foot. And if you made the 18 foot, you got 10 grand. So that was just, I think it's like two people made that. I was like, dang, that was nuts. Did you give it a try? No, I did not. <laughs> I didn't. I actually, I actually fell like right before the warp wall. So I like, I never even uh, got to try it out on the, uh, on the course. Oh man. That's crazy. Yeah, it was a bummer. Um, do you feel like, Next do you, feel time. like Next. you feel like you had an advantage just like the mentality of that with gymnastics kind of adds up where it's just, it's almost like this recklessness of you just got to sell out no matter what happens to your body. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I, I felt like that a little bit, but in other words, like it was also a little bit sketchy because I, we don't have any ninja gyms around here. So I didn't really have any chance to like train anything and you don't get to try the course before either. So it was like, it was my first time on pretty much all of the equipment, even like the floating steps, you know, like I've never even done those before. So I was pretty nervous just because I was definitely a rookie in that aspect, but with body control, I felt pretty good. So I was like, all right, like just going to give it a shot. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, you mentioned your parents just like ended up buying the gym under abnormal circumstances. What were they doing before they got into that? Uh, a couple of different things. My dad was actually like a truck driver when he was younger and then his family owned a ready mix plant. So they had, you know, a lot of concrete, different things like that. And uh, his family ended up selling that right before they bought the gym. So he was looking kind of for something else. And he was working as like a financial consultant at Wells Fargo for a little bit. And he'd always been good with the business side of things. And my mom, she worked at, you know, a bunch of different things, high school. She was a lifeguard and a uh, bunch of different stuff. She actually was coaching Toss at the time. So it kind of worked out where my mom was coaching already and my dad knew business stuff and they kind of just put it together. And yeah, it's been awesome. Wow. And I, I want to hear about your journey of getting into gymnastics and, and just your whole story all the way through, I guess, a couple of years ago when you retired. Yeah. Uh, so I started when I was about five or six, I was playing a bunch of different sports and baseball was kind of my main, my main sport that I was playing. And uh, I actually went to a camp and one of my coaches was like, oh, you should do gymnastics. It'll help your pitching arm. You know, you'll gain a lot of strength and just the uh, athleticism from it. So I was like, sweet. So my parents put me in and enjoyed it, started learning some stuff. And once I joined team, I started competing. And then I started, you know, went from competing to baseball games to practice. And it was just getting hectic. So I was about eight or nine years old. My parents were like, all right, you know, you got to decide which one you want to do because this is just getting crazy. And I uh, just decided that gymnastics was the one. And, you know, ever since then, we, we moved a little bit closer to the gym. And then a couple of years later, the parents took it over. And when I was about 15 was the first time I made junior national team, which is like the top 15 in the country. So that was, that was pretty fun. And then things just started rolling from there. When I was 17, right before I went to college, made senior national team, which was the top 15 in the whole entire country, not just for your age group, but for everything. And uh, made the world team that same year. Then I went to Oklahoma, competed there for three years, which was a blast, a lot of fun in college and uh, made the 2012 Olympic team. And that was, that was it for college after that. We had a lot of fun on tour and competed for four more years and ended up making 2016 Olympic team. So crazy, it's, uh, man. It's been a long, crazy journey, but a lot, of, a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been fun, man. It's been fun. Your gymnastics resume is just legendary, dude. 
<laughs> I appreciate Legendary. that. Legendary. And I know it's hard to set aside baseball. I know you're cranking home runs with those huge arms you got. You're just freaking smashing them out of the park. I already know, bro. <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> uh, I'm curious. Okay, so at what point, like, what were your goals? And was it, was it always, I got to make the Olympic team? Or was it something that was progressing? And, w- and at what point did you realize, like, hey, this is something that I'm capable of? Yeah, I think uh, in the beginning, it was just like, I love learning new things. You know, I get bored of stuff pretty easy. So I love just trying new things. So gymnastics was perfect. You know, you have six different events with thousands of skills on each event. So um, that was kind of what kept me interested at first. And once I started competing, I was like, oh, this is fun. This is cool. And you start watching the Olympics. And that's when that fire kind of starts burning. And I mean, pretty much every little kid in gymnastics, you know, wants to go to the Olympics. And and whatnot. Uh, but it was probably when I was about 15 or 16 when, you know, I made those junior national teams where it starts to become a little more of a reality. You know, you're the top 10, 15 in your age group in the country. And then, um, you know, moving on from there, my first world championship team, that was another big step. So from there, that's when things got, you know, super serious and, and, uh, you're kind of just going after it. Wow. That's great. What was the, uh, what was the moment like when, you were officially on the Olympic team and that was announced to you? Uh, It's pretty crazy. They basically select you in a room first and then we go out there and they, uh, they announce it like on the big screen. So um, when we're all sitting there, I mean, it's a, it's a bittersweet because you're with like all your friends, 15 guys you train with forever and everybody has the same dream and the same goal. So, you know, it's, it's obviously the very, the first one I felt like I was going to throw up because you're so nervous. And, uh, but you also, once they call your name, you're so excited, you're so happy, but you're also trying to keep yourself a little collected because, right. you know, the guys who weren't chosen, it's, you know, it, it's definitely a, a tough moment for them. So it, it's kind of bittersweet. And then you go out and the crowd's going crazy and you kind of realize that you're going to go to the Olympics, which is what you've been dreaming about forever. Yeah, so dude, start, that's crazy. That yeah, is crazy. Cool. On I, obviously, obviously, we watch all like the the televised events and go to the ones that we can. But on TV, they hype that selection process up. So like, they're you know you got all the head officials locked in a room and they're you know debating, and then finally yeah. they, they make it some they, some huge scene. But um, you also so okay, so you went to Oklahoma before your first Olympics, right? Yep. Talk to me about your college. Uh, gymnastics experience man college is a blast dude like just competing in college it's such a different atmosphere because you know you're training and it's just like brutal training because you compete 10 weeks in a row so it's like you guys know what that's like you guys compete like what 14 or 16 weeks in a row or yeah well you know we're a little tough football players a little tougher so it's like you know 13 but uh, yeah, dude, so you, you know, you guys know what it's like to, and, and the kind of the grueling process it takes to get to that, that point where you're ready to do that. And uh, so everybody's kind of just like battling out preseason together. So you create this bond and family effect with your team. And then when you go compete, it's just this almost like all out, all energy scream and everybody, you're almost more tired by because you're screaming for all your teammates. And it's just a really cool energy and cool vibe that everybody gets when you compete and you do that 10 times throughout the year, you know? So it's uh, it's just a blast. And then Oklahoma itself was, uh, you know, just, a, it's a powerhouse for athletics. It's a great school. It's a, 
it's a great athletic school. So it was super fun to not only support our team, the women's team, but like football and basketball and softball and soccer and volleyball, like all the sports. It's just, it's a blast. So it's a, it was a, it was a really, really fun time in my life. I, I give you a hard time all the time about being a Sooner because, you know, the football fans at Oklahoma are the most – I don't know. I don't know who's more obnoxious, the Ohio State fans <laughs> or the Oklahoma fans, but both of them are just oh, – I can't stand them. I, we could agree that nobody likes Ohio State, so we'll disagree <laughs> with that. Right? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, all, all the Oklahoma fans I know are just boom, boomer Sooner, man. Boomer Sooner. But Oh, dude. Yeah, it's like it's fun to be a part of, but you know, it seems it definitely seems from an outsider perspective that uh, college gymnastics is a little more team oriented than Olympic gymnastics. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Just in terms of like you know, in college, you're just training every single day together. You're hanging out together. You have classes together. So you're just around each other more. So you have more of that bond. Um, you know, the Olympics, like our guys, we train every six weeks, we go to a camp for about four or five days. So, you know, and, and you know each other from competing over the years and whatnot, but you're not really putting in the same amount of work for the same amount of time together, you know, so right. the team in terms of college is, yeah, it's just a little more probably tight knit and just more team focused just because you're, you're training day in and day out together for four years, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And what what did you study at Oklahoma? I did uh, basically human relations. It's like multidisciplinary studies with uh, a theme of HR. So it's basically just HR. Whatever helped me get, you know, gymnastics and got a degree. <laughs> yeah, about that. I got you. I, got, I know all about the, the athletic degrees. Yeah. Our, ours is yeah, the same thing yeah. as HR oriented. But you had, you had a couple right, NCAA yeah. titles there at uh, Oklahoma, didn't you? As far as like uh, – Yeah, I got – Go ahead individual yeah yeah yeah. i got four um i won four vol and then p bars and then i won all around my last year as well so it was it was fun i got three years out of it obviously we went to the olympics in 2012 which was my junior year and uh we have the post-olympic tour where you know for gymnasts that's where we make most of our money and that was kind of a decision point that i had to make whether i i withdraw that money and go back to ncaa for one more year or I, i kind of accept the money kind of get my life and my professional career started and, uh, you know, withdraw my last year in college. So I kind of made the decision that it was enough money to, to take that in, pay for my last year and start saving for, uh, you know, for life basically. And so I did uh, three years in college. And, but you did finish your degree, right? Yeah. I, I took yeah. a semester off yeah. to finish the Olympics and do the tour. And then I went back and finished my degree on my own. Yeah. I can't imagine having my college experience interrupted by just going over to London for, you know, a quick, quick, couple <laughs> weeks to, to compete in the Olympics. But. It was funny, man. It was even, it was crazy too. Like even being in, in London, obviously uh, at Oklahoma, everybody's crazy, you know, just sports fans. So I had some teammates that actually were in London and we were on the Today Show and they ran up to the set and they're like, what's up, dude? I was like, Wait, no you're supposed to be in Oklahoma. What are you <laughs> yeah. doing here, man? <laughs> That's hilarious, dude. That is, what, was that decision yeah. to, to go pro a difficult one for you? Like, walk me through your mindset on, like, where you were at. Yeah, it was, you know, it's definitely a struggle, especially, you know, because we didn't medal. You know, if you medal at the Olympics, you have more opportunities and whatnot. But, but the, uh, you know, I just tried to look at in terms of with gymnastics, 
that's really the, the point where you're going to make money and you're not really sure if you're ever going to get that opportunity again, you know? And, um, so I was like, you know, I understood we had three years of, I only had three years of college and I had one more year, but I just had to weigh out the pros and cons and kind of look at my, my own future. And, you know, I just felt bad because I felt, you know, you definitely have to be a little selfish at that point. I just felt bad for the guys on the team. I wanted to go back and help those guys and try and win a, a national championship. But, you know, at, at some point you just kind of got to yeah. look at your future and make sure you're doing what's right for yourself sometimes too, you know? Yeah. But yeah it was absolutely. definitely a hard one. Yeah. It's always so interesting. You guys are in such a different position than, I mean, football world, it's, it's almost expected that you, that you finish your college degree before you, I mean, there's a, a rare select got number of guys who don't finish and enter the draft early. Um, but right. just like, you know, my world, having, having your college experience interrupted and having to make that choice is, uh, is, is so foreign to me. Yeah, it's crazy. It was definitely, yeah. you know, I knew there was a possibility, but it was uh, not easy. <laughs> I, I could go on a whole rant right now about my frustrations with the NCAA and why, why I think that young sports, especially like women's gymnastics where they peak at, yeah at age seven, like they should be able to, to then go to college, but yeah. we won't get into right. that. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's a debate for another day, right? Yeah, for sure. But you, you did meet your wife at Oklahoma as well, right? Is that right? Yeah, I did. She was a gymnast, uh, same year as me and went in from, she was from Chicago and, uh, you know, being in gymnastics, we trained in the same gym. So it was pretty cool to be able to watch the girls team and uh you know we all kind of hung out we're all friends just kind of hang outside uh the gym together and so we started hanging out started dating and yeah now we're married four years later and back in nevada <laughs> wow wow you're i i think you lucked out on that whole transaction there she i don't want to say she settled but you know i uh, <laughs> yeah hey hey, hey. <laughs> i got lucky I'll, I'll take what i can get you know yeah, she was she's definitely uh I catch for me. That was good. <laughs> you guys, you guys are so great to spend time with, man. I, I, I enjoy every second when, when Sean and I are together yeah, man. with you guys, but uh, guys, guys got to come back out here again, come out here and we'll, we'll show you around be fun. I know we got to make it out West. Um, so, okay. So your whole life, you were on this trajectory of elite level gymnastics, essentially. I mean, ever since you were, as you said, 14, 15, you're making these, these teams. Uh, were you homeschooled for, for high school? No, I was homeschooled for eighth grade. And that was just because they built a new middle school quite like closer to my house. And we talked to the principal and stuff trying to get out early so I could train and they weren't really cool with it. So my parents were like, all right, well, I guess we'll do homeschool for a year. So I did it in eighth grade, which was just, it was, for me, it was miserable. It was hard. I just hated really? being home and it, you know, I just wanted to get out a little bit, you know? So uh, back in high school, went to high school, but I only had, I had a half day every day pretty much because I did off campus DE. So at about lunchtime, I would dip out and go to train. So every day, um, every day of out. high school, you dipped out halfway through. I, yeah, I think there was one what? year where I had to stay. I had to stay the full day for one year every other day because we were on block schedule. So right. there was there was one day, and I would take like an on like after PE, you do for two years, and then one uh, one year I did like an online course at home and still went to went to school after that. So um you know it was, it was a kind of a mix but I still was able to go to school and get that that half day in, in public school which was cool are, are you are you thankful for that because gymnastics and homeschooling almost go hand in hand which is which is crazy to me and yeah. I'm so glad that that you know I didn't have to to forfeit my high school experience 
in exchange for my sport, but. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it was good because I got to kind of just experience, you know, just getting out and being around more people rather than just being locked in your house all the time. And, and I'm not saying homeschool is bad at all, but like for, for me, when I did homeschool, I just, I felt like I was around my parents at the gym. I was around my parents at home and then they were, you know, doing school. And I was just like, it was, it was too much. So going to school was kind of nice. Cause then you, you know, you're hanging out with some different people. It was good to see that. And kind of cool to see, you know, kids in high school where maybe some people you see kind of take a bad path. And then instead of doing that, I'm going to train after this. Yeah. So it kind of keeps you out of being, you know, in trouble and whatnot too. So it was a good balance for me. For sure. What, what was your relationship with your father? Like he owns the gym, um, pretty heavily involved in your career. Is it where, like, is it, is that a difficult thing to navigate when, when he's so involved in what you're doing in every sense of your life? No, actually, my dad was more of the quiet one. It was more my mom who was always kind of like pushing you a little bit, like, you know, how, how can we, what are we going to do? What is, what's this? What, you know, oh, you got to, you, you got to keep A's and B's in school, you know? So she was yeah. a little more on, on top of, yeah, no, the little more strict one. My dad kind of was more, he dealt with the finances of the gym and kind of the management of that, uh, the behind the scenes stuff. She was the one who was a little more tough on me, but. It's, you know, it was good though, too, because I learned a lot of things from them kind of being tough, but also giving me enough space to, to, to kind of reach out and do things I wanted as well. But it was a, it was a good balance for sure. That's good. That's great. Um, yeah, we interviewed, one of the guys I interviewed was Michael Andrews, uh, who's, you know, like, uh, they say he's the next Michael Phelps and his dad is his coach. And, um, he was saying he was, uh, everything's like super good between him and his dad, but he was saying definitely for sure. Sometimes like you have to be very careful about the communication on just where you guys right. are at and kind of separating the, the business and the personal. Um, but sure. so you're on this gymnastics trajectory, you finished in the, the 2012 Olympics and now you're pro. Um, and right away after the 2012 Olympics, were you pretty certain that you were going to chase after 2016? Oh yeah, for sure. I was yeah. still healthy. I, I still felt really good. So, um, I felt, you know, I felt like I was definitely going to get at least four more years in. Yeah. And so, so 2016 rolls around, obviously you made that, um, and you ended up retiring. How long ago was that now? I was in August of last year. So it's been almost a year now, about exactly a year. Wow. Can you walk me through that decision? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, we, we were close to meddling, obviously, in the first Olympics, and it, the kind of the same thing happened in the second Olympics. We were hoping to just be on the podium and slip to fifth. So, and that one, that was a pretty brutal one, just because we knew we were good enough to be on the podium. So, yeah. uh, to, to walk away with nothing, and then, you know, being in event finals, and then still walking away with nothing, it was just, uh, it was just like a gutted, you know, feeling where you're like, man, all this work, my whole entire life, all the things you, you sacrifice, and that one last goal that you wanted to achieve is, you know, just slipped away for the second time. And it wasn't like the second time in two years is the second time in eight years, you know, of training. So it's mm. like, it was a, just a brutal thing. And I had surgery a year before the Olympics. So the last year of training was, you know, four months of getting back to rehab back to where I was and then trying to get back in shape and, and make the Olympic team. So, and I had done that. So it was just like, you felt like there was even more pressure and more work on what you just did um and so after that I would just look back on all that training and it wasn't as fun because everything started to hurt you know I'd had a couple of surgeries and 
Uh, the body started to fail, which makes you start questioning a lot of the bigger skills. And, uh, you know, I just felt like my body wasn't going to be able to hold up to the standards I really wanted it to if I was going to keep going. And that kind of helped me make that decision. And it was, I was actually going to compete six months. They made us compete six months after the Olympics, which we normally don't have to do. And mm. so I was just going to go do one, one event. And cause we were on tour, you know, we weren't in great shape and it was like, we had two months to prepare. So we were like, all right, I guess here we go. And, uh, kind of like hyperextended my knee and chipped a few bones or just Dang. had some like chip bone in there after that. So I ended up getting surgery again, right after that. And I was like, you know what, this is, this is a sign my body is just failing and I don't feel like I, I'm going to be at that top where I want to be. So I was like, I, I'm going to call it, you know, it's time to live a little bit more uh, with, with things I want to do on the outside of, of gymnastics. Yeah. Was it, I mean, the, the retirement has crossed my mind about a thousand times. I feel like it's not an uncommon story. <laughs> you reach a certain point and the enjoyment of the sport, unfortunately just gets kind of crowded out by the politics or the, the nuisance of, of just, you know, the day in, day out. And, and obviously being a professional athlete is, is amazing in so many senses, but it does take its toll physically, emotionally, and mentally at, at that point, like, was it, was it, was it relatively easy for you to set the whole thing aside and, and be like, you know, I'm ready to move on. Yeah. You know, I think you, when you kind of get to that point, you realize you're like, all right, like I'm cool with this. Like I yeah. did, pretty much almost, you know, I did pretty much everything I could to get where I did yeah. and we'll do, you know, you did pretty much what you wanted to. Obviously there's going to be a few things you wish you could have accomplished, but it was just, yeah, it was at that point where you kind of know and you're, you're okay with it. It's still hard because you're that athlete and that, that fire still inside, but it's just, it's not as hot as it normally is. And that, and at that point, it, I didn't want to do it if I wasn't fully committed either, you know, because that's just not fun either. So. Yeah, absolutely. Was, uh, was your wife pretty supportive with that? Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, she was supportive of basically me putting gymnastics first for my whole life for the last, yeah. you know, how I think we were to get like six or seven years or something like that before, you know, just with gymnastics. So, uh, you're always putting that first. And so it's kind of nice to sit back and go to a holiday or spend time with families and not have to worry about getting into gyms in different parts of the country when you're traveling and not being able to travel because you're training. So it, she was supportive while I was doing it. And then, you know, I think she was, she was definitely supportive of if you want to keep going, keep doing it. But if you don't, you know, let's, let's figure out what we're going to do. So. Yeah. What, what have you, have you taken any holidays since? Off days? Holidays. Oh, holidays. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. You know, we, uh, we've gotten to visit her family a little bit up in Tahoe and even out here, you know, I try to go camping as much as possible. So it's more enjoyable. You can get those three day weekends or whatever in and, you know, enjoy some more food and not have to worry about that either, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. I was, we were talking a little earlier about your, your wakeboarding stunts that I saw. So Jake just posted a video about trying to, to throw a flip on a wakeboard, which to me is just absolutely insane. I like, I'm just proud when I jumped the wake and to see you toss a flip, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm thinking about my knees. I'm thinking about you know, you get concussions on that stuff, but you just tossed it. dude. I don't, I don't even think I've even jumped awake. I just, I feel comfortable doing a flip. So I stood up and I was like, man, I'm just going to chuck it. Like I know where I'm at in the air. So as long as I don't know. Hopefully I don't get hurt, but doing a flip to me seems more fun. So I'm just going to try it. Oh my gosh. I would never, ever, ever. That is hilarious. Man, man. Uh, 
It was fun. Need need some more friends with boats, man. Need to get out there more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think having a friend with the boat is, is the way to go as opposed to having one yourself for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to deal with the maintenance. I got, I got too many other toys. <laughs> so, okay. So you retire from gymnastics and what, what happens next? Uh, I actually kind of hung out for a little bit. I was in Oklahoma. I was kind of just getting situated, trying to plan on moving back to, to Nevada. And uh, so we bought a house out here, ended up moving out here a couple months later and started just working at the gym, you know, getting involved in the management side of things and uh, coaching a little bit. And so, you know, I'm pretty settled in the management spot with gymnastics at our club, gymnastics club here. And then I'd travel a lot for, you know, that's where we kind of met a lot of the times was the gymnastics meets we do appearances at, or we go to camps yeah. and coach the, the clinics and things like that. So just getting settled, man, and doing a lot of that. It's been fun. Is, is it pretty clear to you that you, do you want to stay in the gymnastics world, just taking on this different role now? Yeah, it was nice to kind of take a break and get away from it. When you're not training, you're not as involved with everything. So it's been kind of, kind of nice to sit back and you know get out of it a little bit but it's always going to be a part of my life for sure so it's cool to come back to more of the the younger age of gymnastics and be able to see these kids who are excited about it and having some fun and kind of help them through through their journey now so it's been really fun that's great i'm curious to know um of of your very very long list of awards and uh, competitions you've won, what, what are you most proud of? And it doesn't even have to be gym, gymnastics related, but, but what are you most proud of that, that you've earned? Oh man. I don't know. I'd say there's, there's probably, probably two things. I think when we, when we medaled in, uh, 2011, that was, uh, the first team like world championship I was a part of. And I would think it was the first team medal we had in, like eight years. So that was a, that was a pretty cool stepping stone just for the sport of men's gymnastics, because I felt like we're, we finally broke that barrier of getting on the podium again and kind of bring in, you know, this, we are here to compete for a medal. And so that was, that was pretty cool. And I was still, we were still pretty young. I think we were like 19, you know, yeah, I think we we're like 18 or 19 at that point. So for us to be able to go out and it was a young team and so that, that was definitely, uh, that was definitely at the beginning of the career, one of the best. And I think to kind of wrap up, obviously the Olympics are great, but, um, something my coach kind of reiterated when I or reiterated when I was done was that, uh, I was a hundred percent when I was competing for the team, uh, on the international four worlds and Olympic games, which to me, that was just awesome because I wanted to do everything I could for my team, you know, and just be consistent. So to, to be, be able to say that was pretty cool as well. That is, that is cool. Um, so aside from, um, your managing of the gym, I see you're also getting into Olympic lifting and I, I want to know how that's going for you. What got you into it? And, um, and just, yeah, that whole story. Yeah, man, it's been a blast. Obviously fitness has been like a big part of my life, but when you're done with gymnastics, you don't have like that competition feeling, you know, which I never really liked competing in gymnastics because it's so stressful and, and yeah. you know, there's so much going into it. But uh, USA Weightlifting reached out to us and uh, was just like, hey, you know, we're, we're doing some proactive recruiting. We're just seeing if you're interested in learning some Olympic lifting. And they're, uh, you know, they've been super supportive. So they set me up with a, a gym and I met my coach and doing that a couple of times a week. And even my wife has been involved in it now. So 
it's been pretty fun. It gives you, you know, you're almost lost after gymnastics trying to figure out what to do. And uh, I always love fitness. So this has been a really good avenue to channel just something to get better at and still it's fitness and getting stronger and seeing, you know, learning the technique and learning the strength and things like that. So it's been a, it's been a fun journey and I'm just kind of having fun with it. I'm not taking it a hundred percent serious like I did with gymnastics. Not right now. I just want to see if I have potential in it and, and what we could do. So. Gosh, I'm a little scared. You, did you ever, did you ever have to do Olympic lifts for gymnastics? Never, man. Never. I, I knew absolutely nothing. <laughs> I'm a little scared because I've been I've been doing Olympic lifts now ever since I don't know probably like seventh grade and I'm pretty sure that in okay. a matter of months you'll be surpassing me on the on the clean and the <laughs> the overhead stuff. But. Dude, dude, clean clean is my hardest because that front rack mobility it's hard for me to get to. So I actually I enjoy snatching. I can clean more, but it's uh, it's been fun, man. We'll have to we'll have to lift together sometime. Wait, the mobility is is what's holding you up with that. Yeah, because like I have really inflexible wrists and so to and obviously like, you know, my arms are the biggest part of my body for me to try and get back there has just been a struggle. So I've been really having to kind of unstick my lats and work on my my tricep and lat flexibility to get that there. Oh man, yeah. I I would I would love to I could probably teach you a thing or two, Jake. I could probably teach you a thing or two. Yeah, dude, let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> um I wanna hear contrast a day in the life when you were training with what a day in the life of what you're doing now looks like? Oh man. Yeah. When I was training, it's basically you wake up fairly early, get about an hour of conditioning in, which is probably pretty similar with what I do now. I wake up fairly early and I hit the gym first thing and then we come home and have some breakfast. So the whole first, you know, couple hours of my day are actually pretty similar. And I like doing that because it gets me in my zone. And I feel good after I work out. I feel like I, you know, I've accomplished something and kind of started my day right. Um, and then it, back in gymnastics, I would just kind of take a break for a little bit. You have a few hours before your next practice that you just try to recover and hang out, get, you know, if you were in school, do whatever homework you have. And uh, then you go back to the gym basically for the next four to six hours and you're training there, um, you know, and then that, after that, you just come home, eat dinner and you're resting up and getting ready. It was pretty much that same thing every day. Um, and now, so I go home, work out, come home, have some breakfast. I get a lot of work done at home just in terms of, you know, emails and computer work and a lot of social media, I do a lot of social media stuff. And uh, then I go into the gym and I help out with uh, the, the team programs at the gym after that, making sure the coaches, you know, if they have any questions, getting things set up, practices set up and competition schedules, things like that. So I work at the gym for a couple hours until later at night and come home, get to relax and have some dinner. So it's fairly similar. Just, I don't have that five or six hours of training anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes a huge difference though, right? It does. Yeah. It's not as stressful. <laughs> and like I said, when you travel, it makes traveling a lot more enjoyable to hang out with family and friends. Yeah. Social media is something that we've talked a lot about. And, um, I know you're, you are putting a lot of effort into that. Um, yeah. Have you enjoyed that whole process of learning the videos and the, cause you put out some, Jake really puts out some awesome content on his YouTube channel. I highly recommend you checking it out. Also, he does some workouts that in my mind are just impossible. So, uh, have you, have you enjoyed that process though? I have. And, uh, you know, I actually owe a lot of credit to one of my buddies. His name's Victor. And, uh, he was working out at the gym with me and he was like, Hey man, I'm getting into a lot of videography and stuff like that. So he's been helping me out a bunch. So when you see like a good, like gym edit, that's most likely Victor helping me out, which 
I enjoy doing that, but it's so time consuming and so it's actually, it's, it's really hard. You have to have a good eye, you know, and you have to have the good angle. So it's really hard to get your own like shot. So, man, he's been uh, a huge help on helping me do that, which has been a lot of fun. But yeah, I love putting videos together and it's even fun to go back and look at videos you made like back in the day. I'll just go back and watch my training ones for Rio that I did. And it's just cool because it's kind of like this whole, you know, like almost like a photo album of your life, just like video version on YouTube. So, yeah, absolutely. That's cool. You're doing a great job with that. Um, I want to move into, I want to move into uh, some fan questions if you don't mind. Um, Do it. So there was a, a lot of people were excited to have you on Jake and we got some good questions. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Um, so cool. this one, this one is from Sawyer Clemens who asks, how is it competing in front of thousands of people? Were you scared? Were you ready? Um, which is, I think it's a great question. Just the mindset of a high, a high level competition. Walk, walk me through what, what went through your mind. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, it's definitely stressful. I think the most stressful was the Olympics just because you know, so many people are there, but so many people are watching on TV as well. It's, you know, one of the highest televised, sporting events. So that one, it's definitely stressful, but you do as, as much as you can to put that in the back of your mind. And I think something that's actually more stressful than that is just trying to make sure you don't mess up for your team. Cause it's not like, I don't really care if people watch me mess up. It's, it was more in, in, that's embarrassing, obviously, but it's more, uh, you know, it's more upsetting for your team because that score is going to count for them. And that was where I put a lot of pressure on myself and I just wanted to do the best I could for them. So really it's just, you almost, it's almost, we called it like an autopilot. You raise your hand to go compete and your brain just kind of shuts off and you just do what your body knows how to do and, and try and shut everything out. And all of a sudden you kind of land and you're like, oh man, I'm done. That was good. Awesome. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> was there anything that helped you hit that autopilot mode? Right. Um, I, I just practiced it in the gym. I yeah. just, you know, there's a few, you kind of just take a few things that you remember. If you have like kind of a difficult time with a certain skill, there's like one little thing I'd remember, you know, like push up or lean back here or, or push down here or cast out early here. And it was kind of all those little, you know, you just take it one by one and remember each little thing on each little skill. And then all of a sudden you're, you know, you're going for your dismount and you're trying to make sure you just try and either stick it or uh, take a small step and not land on their butt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Man, the, the pressure, I, I, I literally can't comprehend. Football's so different because you're out there with 21 other guys. So if I make a mistake, then right. it's kind of covered up. But not right. for you guys. Not for you guys. <laughs> we um, also Br don't have a 300-pound person running at us, so that's yeah. kind of nice too. <laughs> well, there's that. There's that. Um, okay, so, so a couple people asked, but, uh, but Britt in particular asked, if there was someone that inspired you to get into gymnastics and really pursue it to the level that you did. Uh, you know, like I said, I started because a baseball coach told me to start, but then after that, when I got into it, I really looked up to anybody. I, I, the college guys, I used to love going, watching the, the college meets when I was younger. Um, and anybody on national team, I used to watch the, you know, whatever U S championships they'd have on TV or world cups they'd have on TV. Anybody that just had made it to that level. I loved watching because they all did different skills and uh, I just really enjoyed it. But, you know, the guys at the top at the time were kind of like Sean Townsend, Blaine Wilson, um, a couple of those guys, you know, were, were some of the, the big ones that I remember watching specifically. And um, but it was it was really just any of them. You know, I just loved watching it and just kind of fully consumed my, my life with it. Yeah. 
That's great. Um, and I think you'll love this question. Kurt, Kurt asks, what are some basic diet tips that you have and that goes for when you were competing, but also what you're doing now, obviously, obviously you're a guy who really cares about health, fitness and all that stuff. So I'm curious, what would be your, what would be your one diet tip? Ooh, one diet tip. Um, I would just say my, my one thing is just know your body because everybody's different. You know, everybody kind of their body reacts to things differently. So, you know, track your food and your intake and your, your performance and adjust to that. Like, so many people give all this advice in terms of just like cookie cutter stuff on what kind of generally works for everybody, which you can just look up on the internet anyway. But until you actually put it to test with yourself, you're never really going to know. So just know your body and, uh, you know, track your food intake and your performance and, and base your practice off of that. Are there any tools or apps or software things that you did on a daily basis that, that helped you do that, like tracking your food or just making sure that you were always being disciplined with that? Yeah, I used uh, MyFitnessPal. And so, you know, I was weighing most of my food, uh, especially during training. I was weighing pretty much everything. So I tracked everything that, I, that was going in and I was able to calculate – know how many I was taking and I would adjust higher carbs on heavier days but still you have to maintain like a light body weight for gymnastics but you have to have enough energy so I was able to kind of find that balance and fine-tune it and know when I felt good or when I was too tired or when I felt too heavy what was what was your percentage body fat when you're competing oh man I have no idea I I think the I probably got it's hard to say because you know, again, that's another thing people kind of take into, you know, extremes or they say, oh, it's 2%. And it's like, ah, I don't know if you really were, really? you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. But, uh, man, I don't know. I was pretty out of shape after surgery in December. I had, I had surgery in August. And then a couple months later, I was getting ready for a meet. And I still was nowhere near, like, at peak performance. And I think that that I was at 8%. Um, so, I mean, I think I got, you know, consistently training probably around 6 Six to eight percent is God. probably where we were. Five to eight percent, depending on you know. You would kind of scale down a little bit for the meat, get a little bit lighter, and get a little bit you know, try and be a little stronger. But for those long training days, you need a little bit more as well without being too heavy. But that would be an estimate, though. You know, I never got tested at at the lowest level. Yeah. Um, okay. Three. Something we always talk about, like like football players. There's always this career after that you got to be worried about. You know, they talk about NFL stands for not for long. Um, what are some carryover <laughs> skills that? Yeah, have you heard that before? <laughs> I've <laughs> never heard that. <laughs> yeah, man, the average career That's is like funny, is something just over three years now. I think. Um, yeah. So. Nuts. I want to, what do you feel like are some, some carryover skills that you learned from gymnastics that now kind of stay with you on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, you know, just uh, planning, like goal planning, um, you know, trying to uh, know what you want to go after and, and how to get there. Uh, with training, obviously you have to do that because it doesn't just happen overnight. So you kind of have to set a plan in motion on how you're going to get there and consistency you know just making sure you're doing the things you need to do on a daily basis to get to those goals because you know if you have a goal to be somewhere in six months but you take the middle two months off you're not going to get there you know um so that was that was something i definitely um learned along the way what what are your goals now 
man, I, I feel like I'm so scatterbrained all the time. You know, I have so many different things. Like I said, I get bored. So I'll, I'll start one thing, kind of keep that going and jump to this and do that. Um, but one of them is to kind of expand our gym a little bit, add some ninja stuff in there, uh, along with taking some responsibility off of my parents so they can kind of slowly get their, you know, get out of the gym a little bit and enjoy, enjoy their life. Uh, and, and, and also do what I can to continue the education online, my social media presence. You know, I want to help as many people or just inspire as many people as I can to just be better and healthier and happier. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have, do you have any fitness goals? Are you trying to like clean 300 or you probably already are, honestly? <laughs> no. Uh, I think, uh, just for right now, the short term goals, I'm just, I think I'm going to compete once and kind of see how it is. Um, I think I'll probably compete. There's one in mid August or late September. Got my dog jumping in here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she wants to be a part of it. But uh, I just want to compete, kind of see where I'm at. And uh, I think next year I might be able to make some more long-term goals. But uh, I think the, the first kind of big, big goal would be to compete at Pan Am. So I'd have to kind of qualify to go do that, which would be pretty cool. So. Damn boy. Well, you got the, you got the body for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Like my, like I got kind of shorter arms and shorter legs and a longer torso. So I think for that, it actually works out pretty well for, for Olympic lifting. Yeah, so, you'll be throwing up some weights I think, soon. You'll be throwing we'll up some see. Weights. I gotta, <laughs> gotta get that technique down. That's what's important first for me. I, I need to make sure I don't get hurt. <laughs> yeah, no, for real though, man. It's no joke on your body. And make make sure you're resting big time though, because once you start lifting that that type yeah. of weight, then for sure it exposes a lot of your body. Um, sure. Okay, so I want to talk so. You have, uh, you've been fortunate enough to, to have some like pretty good sponsors. You have a lot of stuff going on right now. We were talking about you're, you're now, I see the sweatshirt you're wearing is, is that a Jake Dalton yeah. sweatshirt? It is man. Swaggy. I'm some, uh, some merch out there for, you know, and it's something I've wanted to do for a long time, man. And people have asked kind of throughout the, the social media spectrum about it, but, uh, I've just never found like a good platform to be able to do it or figure out who can help me with it. Cause I'm so busy. It's too hard to do it out of my house. So I've kind of done some research and I'm doing some testing right now, but yeah, I think, uh, trying to get some stuff going. Like I said, you know, the back just has uh, inspiration, motivation, and humility, just all things I've tried to keep along my career and my life. And I think those are things that are important to me. So any way I can kind of, you know, allow my fans to interact and be a part of that, that same kind of uh, avenue is, is something I want to do, kind of, you know, kind of connect us all together. So trying to get some merch out there for the fans, you know, and keep them, keep them motivated. Absolutely, man. I love that. I love that mission. Where, where can we find that stuff? So I'll be posting it all over. I'll have it on my YouTube channel and my Instagram uh, mainly, you know, I think I'll be able to kind of create a main store site. And once I have that official, uh, that official launch link and uh, the products on there, you know, I'll be posting it up on there. So as long as they're hitting me up on Instagram and, and YouTube, those are the big ones. Yeah, absolutely. Do be sure to check out Jake on Instagram. He posts a lot of shirtless pics. You guys will love that. <laughs> love that. Uh, we'll never let you down on that, but also his YouTube Thank channel. You. We talked a little bit about honestly, some really great content. You, you do everything from from health tips to your workouts and uh, some, some pretty fun vlogs. I actually was, was watching your Q and a that you were talking about 
the troubles you have fitting in to a size large shirt simply because your biceps are too big, Jake. <laughs> well, man, I'm so short. I'm so little that like the shirts start going down, you know, towards my legs, you know, my mid leg. And the shirt looks like I got a baby gap shirt on and people make fun of me. They're like, oh, nice. Where'd you get that baby gap? Like, uh, you realize yeah. how long a shirt is so long on me, but the sleeves are the only thing that don't fit. So I got to oh, try man. and, you know, even out. Yeah, no, I get it. I, get it. I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't have that same experience, <laughs> but um, hey, one question I, I, I overlooked asking you, your support group to the whole thing, and, and we talked about your family beginning, but I, I fully realized that I couldn't get to where I am without the support group, and that's my coaches, that's my family, I think is a built-in one, um, mm-hmm. but there's also been some, like several people throughout my life who have just really helped me take that next step and achieve my goal. I'm curious, what has your team looked like? Um, and like, who do you, who do you really look back on and say, wow, I, I owe a lot to, to this person? Yeah. I mean, I would definitely go back to, you know, obviously coaches cause that's, you know, you're not going to get anywhere without them. So my, it, it, and it kind of went in stages it was, and it kind of worked out perfectly where my youngest coach, when I was my youngest, she was really good at uh, air awareness and letting you play around on tramp and, and the things that are like softer on your body, but to figure out how to flip and do all these things. And the, the next coach was really good in terms of basics and teaching you the fundamentals of gymnastics. So I owe a lot to him and he kind of shot me up to a, a high elite level of gymnastics. And then my college coach who began, you know, who went to my Olympics, uh, Mark Williams at Oklahoma was someone who taught me that consistency, you know, he kind of beat you down and made you consistent and uh, really prepared you for your season and your competition. So those three, three coaches, you know, and I had a few along the way of who helped as well, but those are the three main coaches that really uh, I owe a lot of credit to in terms of gymnastics and, and obviously teammates, you know, the OU teammates when it was their summer and, you know, maybe they had a little bit lighter training, they were still in there screaming for you, getting ready for U S championships. Uh, and a, and a big, a big shout out to my buddy, Steve Legendre, who is an alternate to 2012 and went to 2016 Olympic trials, uh, was someone who helped me from the time I got to college all the way through all that training. Cause we kind of did it hand in hand, you know, and he was, a uh, I owe a lot of credit to him as well. That's great. Um, fast forward down the line, 30 years, you're writing a biography about your life. Who are, <laughs> who, who are you dedicating it to on that front page? Oh, man, I would say my parents for sure. My parents, you know, and I think everybody probably says their parents. But, you know, for me, it was like my parents literally like laid down the line, like they did everything that they could all, you know, they they purchased the gym, they tried to get the best equipment, the best coaches, like, and there, you know, if there was a meet that was over here, we were and it was supposed to be a good thing to go to, we were going to try and do it. So they literally put their own life, their own, you know, what they wanted to do, their vacations, everything they put aside for, for, uh, you know, me and my sister. And, uh, you know, definitely once it got to a higher level, just kind of focused on helping me get to the highest level I could. So it's just, you know, I'll never be able to repay them for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Finally, three piece of advice that you'd give the audience that you've learned over. Yeah. Your life. Oh yeah, man. Um, I think the thing that Steve kind of taught me was just accepting uh, uh, the failure at moments, you know, because failure can lead to success as long as you kind of keep pushing through it. And that was something in college I didn't really realize. I was like failing at a certain point, 
the training was so hard and I just felt like I was like, I, I can't do this. I don't know what's going on. I'm not making it. And they're like, you're not supposed to make it perfect right now. Like the point is to make it so hard that you can't make it. So you hmm. condition your body, you know, and you keep pushing past that and eventually you're going to make it and then you're going to make it 10 times in a row. And then there's no question. So yeah. accepting that you may mess up and you may fail at certain things, but it will lead to the success later is my, my number one thing that I learned in gymnastics. And uh, number two is focus on the things that are going to move you forward. Obviously, you're going to have those setbacks and kind of keep those in the back of your mind to push you. But just focus on how, you know, how, how can you get better today? How can you get better tomorrow? And how will you be better next year? Just to kind of keep moving. Because if you're not moving forward, you're staying stagnant. And I think that's a, just a, a self-complacency where you're just okay with just being okay. You know, and I, I never wanted to have that. Um, and then the last thing is just always appreciate and remember the positive moments in life, because I think everybody has it. You have these moments where you just feel like nothing's going right. You feel like yeah. it's just, you know, and, it, and I think it's a big thing right now, just in terms of just mental health and things like that. So I think remembering when you're in a, in a moment, really appreciate it because you're just like, life is awesome. I love, love what's going on. Things are going a good way. And just remember that because when you do hit one of those holes or whatever, just be like, you know, it's just, it's one of those things you kind of have to go through to appreciate those good moments. So. Wow. Wise words, my friend, Jake, I appreciate you joining on the show, man. That was, that was great. Hope you enjoyed it as well. And, uh, and yeah. we'll, we'll talk soon. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. And, uh, I'll hopefully see you here in Tahoe soon, but. Hey guys, it's Andrew. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of redirected. If you find this podcast valuable, there are a lot of ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever platform you happen to listen from. You can share it with your friends on social media, blogs, or on your own podcast. Also, head over to andrewdes.com for more information and to request your favorite celebrity, entrepreneur, athlete, or anyone else who inspires you. And while you're at my site, be sure to sign up for my newsletter so you can get updates on other fun stuff going on. Also, you guys know I love connecting with you, so if you want to reach out to me directly on Instagram or Twitter, my handle is at Andrew D. East. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next time on Redirected. Redirected.